Yes, indeed, it is all about the train. What train, you ask? Stick around and find out. Greetings, and welcome to the Continental Drift. I'm your host, Andy Valver. So, everyone has been talking about the video of the Russian train that is assigned to a unit that deals with nuclear weapons. According to CBS News, the Russians put out a video of the specific train, and analysts pointed out that such videos are never published by accident. Now, we all know that Putin is having his ass handed to him in Ukraine, and there's a huge clamor from the extreme nationalist right in Russia to do something. Chechnya's nutjob warlord Ramzan Kadyrov became the first high-level Russian guy to call for a low-yield nuclear weapon. Putin's spokesman Dmitry Peskov immediately rebuked Kadyrov and, according to the Insider website, said, quote, While heads of regions have the right to express their point of view, blah, 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 emotions should be kept out of any assessment. So what's the deal here? Is it a bluff? Is Putin playing the nuclear card? Some analysts say that he is brandishing the nuclear card to affect Western decision-making. Either way, I am not pleased with all this nuke talk. I am, after all, downwind. I really do wish these adults wouldn't behave like little boys in a schoolyard. The rest of us are trying to get on with things like life and vacations and Halloween. And just as I was wrapping up this podcast, someone blew up a major bridge linking Crimea and Russia. Yeah, a really big bridge. And it's a big deal because it's the only link between Russia and Crimea. And it all happened on Putin's birthday. Okay, moving on. So I just spent a week in Spain, kind of exploring, getting to know a country that's a neighbor, and, and I don't really know it very well. And wow, Spain was really a revelation. First of all, I love the Spaniards. Welcoming, friendly, nice. I thought France was cool in that, you know, they shut down everything for lunch from 12 noon until 2 p.m. But, huh, the French are amateurs. You've heard of the siesta, right? Well, Spain shuts down from 2 to 5 or even 6 in the afternoon. That's right. Man, you have to love a country where the nap is institutionalized. Restaurants don't open at night till 8 p.m. And people start thinking about going out around 9.30 or 10. And that's when places fill up. Spain has, as far as I can see, three main exports. Oranges, olives and olive oil, and wine. Oh yeah, the fourth, brunettes. And talk about a fabulous landscape. It changes from mountains to high desert to coastline in a matter of miles. They have Atlantic coastline and Mediterranean coastline and a ton of history. Driving through the middle of Spain, I have never in my life seen so many miles and miles and miles of olive trees. Seriously, you can drive for an hour and still be in the same olive grove. And then there's the food, tapas, which are like little mouth-sized bites or pinchos, as they're called in the Basque country. It's just great cuisine, snacks. I think that's why the Spaniards are so thin, because they don't eat a big dinner. Late at night, they have wine, a few tapas, and that's it. Oh, and one of my other favorite things about Spain, at gas stations, they come out and pump your gas. Anyway, I can't wait to go back. So what else is going on? 
Well, in Bulgaria, which is actually in the EU, not sure how they manage that, because their governments have not exactly been known to be paragons of virtue, meaning there's a lot of corruption there. Well, they had an election. And according to the Radio Free Europe Radio Liberty website, the center-right GERB party, a party blamed for presiding over years of corruption, got the most votes in the election, about 25% of the vote. So they need to form a coalition with other parties. But no one wants to be in a coalition with them. So Bulgaria may be forced into their fifth election in just the last two years. I don't understand. If you know the party's corrupt, why vote for them? I will never understand democracy. What else? Oh, you know how someone blew up the gas pipelines in the Baltic Sea last week, basically cutting off a major supply of gas to the EU? Well, guess what? The Netherlands, an EU member, is sitting on a huge supply of natural gas. I mean, huge. I mention this because Bloomberg News said in an article about the Dutch gas field that Europe is bracing for perhaps its toughest winter since World War II. Great. Note to self. Check for short-term apartment rentals in southern Spain. Anyway, the Dutch, instead of pumping gas to replace the gas from those pipelines that were blown up, they're shutting down the gas field. Why? Earthquakes. Apparently, pumping gas from the field in Groningen is causing earthquakes and damaging houses. Residents complained, so the Dutch shut the gas field down. According to the article, most of the quakes are so small that you need instruments to register them. But there was one magnitude 3.6 quake. Seriously? 3.6? I'm from San Francisco. 3.6 is a boring Tuesday. We don't even look up from the newspaper during a 3.6. But the locals in the Netherlands are complaining about damage to property, so the field is shutting down and the rest of Europe is going to freeze. Hey, here's an idea. What if we send the local residents from Groningen, Holland, to Spain? Problem solved. In other news, congratulations are in order. This year's Nobel Peace Prize has been awarded to the Russian Group Memorial, the Ukrainian organization Center for Civil Liberties, and jailed Belarus rights activist Alice Bialyatsky. Alice is the fourth person to win the Nobel Peace Prize while in prison. You know, Belarus is pretty corrupt. So maybe he can use the spare change from the Nobel Prize money to bribe his way out of prison. According to the France 24 News website, the Russian organization Memorial established itself as a key pillar in civil society by battling to preserve the memory of victims of communist repressions and campaigning against rights violations linked to Russia's brutal wars in Chechnya and beyond. And of course, they were shut down in February. And finally, this item from the Euronews website made me smile. How many different chargers do you have in your drawer for your electronic devices? 5, 10, 15, 20? Over the years, I have collected a box full. Wouldn't it be great if there was just one cable that you could use on all your devices? Well, guess what? This week, members of the European Parliament voted overwhelmingly in favor of scrapping alternative charging methods. By the end of 2024, all small and medium-sized portable electronic devices sold in the EU must be equipped with USB-C charging ports. 
This includes smartphones, tablets, cameras, headphones, what have you. It means that under the new rules, consumers will no longer need a different charger for purchases they make, as they will be able to use just a single charger for all their products. Yes, yet another reason why I love living in the EU. That's it for this week. Thanks for letting me have some of your precious time. I'm Andy Valver, and this is The Continental Drift. I'll see you again next week.